Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Well, today is Nulag Naman, otherwise known as the Women's Christmas. And um, it's amazing to see how uh, Nulag Naman has evolved. Events are taking place up and down the country as well as overseas to mark the occasion, but it was also to celebrate um, the James Joyce short story, The Dead, which is also set on this, the Feast of the Epiphanies on January 6th. And Katrina Crow, who's the curator of First Thought series of talks at the Galway Arts Festival, joins me now. Um, good morning, Katrina. You love an oil Nalik Naman. Uh, Nalik Naman has sunk and come back again in a very interesting way. Uh, In the olden days, which I suppose, in terms of what we know about it, would run from the mid-19th century onwards. It was a day when men took over household duties uh, and the women went to visit each other and had cake and tea, sometimes might have gone to a pub and sat in the snug and had a few drinks. So I'm going to read you a typical menu from Kevin Danaher's uh, folklore book on Ireland for Nalignaman in a, a royal household. Right. Thinly cut sandwiches, scones, gingerbread, apple cakes, sponge cakes decorated, decorated with swirls of icing, plum cake, brown bread, soda bread, baker's bread, pats of freshly made butter, bowls of cream, dishes of jam and preserves and the best quality tea. Add in a glass of Prosecco and you've got afternoon tea in the Shelburne, basically, (laughs) there. So they loved looking after themselves. Cake was a big deal. Little Christmas is the other name for Nalik Lamont. Big Christmas, of course, was Christmas Day, also known as the Men's Christmas. Christmas. So where you had turkey and ham and goose and all of those wonderful things. Um, So this was the the lesser, if you like. What's your earliest memory? of it. Obviously, it, it's a tradition that was stronger in some parts of the country than, than others. But did were, were, was it something you were aware of when you were younger? I was aware of it because my father came from Clare and, mm. and uh, Nalignamon was celebrated more in Cork, Kerry, Limerick, Clare and Gaeltacht areas, not so much in the cities. So it was a rural tradition. And he used to give my mother breakfast in bed on Nalignamon and he would cook a big fry for her and for all the rest of us who were delighted to be getting rashes and eggs and sausages and nice stuff. He was a very good cook actually as uh, as, as men nowadays are much more than they used to be. Also on the 6th of January a goose would be eaten in my house which was the the traditional fair for the Feast of the Epiphany which of course is what the 6th of January is and that goose was delivered on the train to Houston Station wrapped up in brown paper and string from my aunt in County Clare collected by my father at Houston Station and brought home. Now my mother might have been lounging in bed having her breakfast uh, early in the day but then she got up and cooked the goose. All of us were expected to help (laughs) immensely with this and do all the side dishes etc. But we had goose for our dinner on the Feast of the Epiphany which is a very old tradition and you find it again in the dead, which we'll come to in due course. Yeah, look, I remember it younger when I was younger and mostly it sometimes it was kind of women saying, oh, sure, it's meant to be the day we put our feet up. But of course, uh, my mother uh, always took the, you know, she would acknowledge it and then, but she would take all the Christmas decorations down. She'd actually create work for it, but nothing like this was the official sort of end of um, Christmas for her. But what's been really interesting is how Nolignamon has been embraced by younger generations and how it has become a massive festival. There will be people in the sea today. There will be lots of parties. There are dedicated festivals for Nolignamon. And what strikes me about it is that we've Nolignamon. We've now St. 
Bridget's Day, mm-hmm. International Women's Day, and um, we're taking over the entire calendar. But it has become this huge celebration of what we've achieved, but also the, it highlights maybe things that are yet um, to be resolved. Well, it's it sank. I mean, when you look at some of the literature on Nalik Naman, and you look at 30 or 20 years ago even, mm-hmm. people are lamenting its demise. It's not there. Nobody's celebrating it. The rural women have given up going to each other's houses. Um, and then it starts to revive again. So you're quite right. At this point, there are events on everywhere all over the place tonight. The restaurants will be booked out all over the city. I'm having dinner with two of my female friends tonight in a, a local restaurant. There are endless events where people invite their, their female friends into their homes. Angela Burke, who's written a lot about the Irish oral tradition for women in the Field Day Anthology of Women's Writing, says it is now akin to International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. So in a way, we have moved very far. We can thank second wave feminism for this, mm-hmm. you know, that, that all those huge advances that were made in the 70s and 80s and most recently the repeal of the uh, Eighth Amendment to the Constitution. Huge victory for Irish women or for most Irish women. Some Irish women didn't like that. It's really interesting you say that because um, the you know, the Irish Times leader this morning saying, so Nulloghnamon remains a grand concept even if the manner of its celebration has changed over time, not least the presumption that there's a man poised to take over the childcare. But they say the evidence suggests that the tradition is not merely safe but resurgent, so much so that some fear a corporate takeover, the choices there, embrace it. Well, I bet there is. I mean, there's always a corporate takeover or something where there's money going to be made out of it. I imagine the hospitality industry is delighted to see uh, restaurants, hotels and pubs packed full of women uh, on today and tonight and large lunches and breakfasts and so on taking place. More luck to them. It's grand. Women can now afford to go out and treat themselves instead of somebody having to bake all the various cakes that we mentioned earlier and the bread and so on. You don't, people will entertain in their own homes, but it won't be too much hard work to do it. Mm. But a lot of people go out. Again, Angela Burke describes being in Dingle, where Nonigdaman is very, very prevalent still, of going into restaurants that evening and seeing particularly older women being taken out to eat dinner by their husbands, that that was a treat for them. Uh, and that has grown uh, exponentially. But I think you're right. There, there, Of course, there are many things still to be looked at in terms of, of what women need. We're still not at parity in terms of equal pay. We have tar- far too few female politicians still, and that is likely to decrease further. With, we're, we're all listening recently to the terrible news of online attacks, particularly mm-hmm. on, on women politicians. Who wants to go into a job where you're going to be subjected to the moronic inferno of what used to be Twitter coming at you every single day, issuing death threats and rape threats and so on? So there's a lot to look at, a lot of new things to look at, as well as older things that we're all familiar with, reproductive rights and so on. Those battles have by and large been won. But other battles always come to take their place. But there, I don't think there's a risk of it um, being tokenistic in any way. It really does seem to have been substantively embraced. Can I bring you on to that other big um, celebration? Because all over Ireland and Europe and further afield, a lot of people will be celebrating um, uh, Joyce's short story, uh, The Dead. And women, even though it's about a man, women play an incredible role um, in this in this short story. Um, probably my favourite, actually, of, of the Dubliners. Well, it's probably the 
most famous short story in the world mm. in lots of ways. And of course, Joyce wrote it as the last story in the Dubliners collection. The stories that preceded it were all about paralysis and meanness in Dublin. All of those stories that, that focus on the nasty side of Dublin life and the difficulty in getting anything going. Some of that is still true, it must be said. Um, but he was in Rome, I think, uh, working in a bank, very lonesome, had been sick, missed his wife, Nora. And it struck him that he hadn't written about the hospitality of Dublin and particularly his two aunts who lived in this famous house uh, on Usher's Quay. So he wrote The Dead as a tribute to their epiphany party every year on the 6th of January. Yes, Gabriel Conroy is, I suppose, the hero, but it's much more about the women in the story. Uh, the two aunts, Julia and Kate Morkan, as they are in the, in the story, their niece, Mary Jane, always referred to as the best of nieces, who looks after the two old ladies. Um, Molly Ivers, the cheeky nationalist who calls Gabriel a West Brit because he wants to go to France on a cycling <laughs> holiday instead of visiting the Gaeltacht and learning his own language. Um, Lily the maid, who we meet when we walk in the door, and she says, I'm literally run off my feet. And you can imagine the trouble she had to go to. So it's the opposite of the idea of uh, Nalik Naman. These women have been very busy all day, and in fact for weeks beforehand, preparing the feast that their friends and family are going to have. But it's really at its core about Greta, Greta Conroy, who is a Galway woman like Joyce's wife, Nora Barnacle. And they're coming home. She, he, he sees her standing on the stairs in the house on Usher's Quay, which, by the way, should be taken over by the state and made into the museum it deserves to be. It's exactly as it was back in the day when the story was written. He, she's entranced on the stairs listening to the Lass of Ockram being sung by the... It's an incredible moment in, in the story. And she, it, in the, everyone knows the movie now, yeah. which is sort of John Houston, yeah, of course. And it's Angelica Houston standing there. And he becomes absolutely transfixed by her. And he's looking forward to going to bed with her back in the hotel and cracks jokes to her on the way home. She's miles away looking out the window at the snow she's falling of her Connor Street. Love. They get up to their room in the Gresham and he makes a move towards her. She doesn't rebuff him. She's just not there. She's in another world. She's thinking about her first love, Michael Fury, who died when he was 17 for love of her, she says, of consumption, obviously. And it's an interesting moment because in 1904, when the story is set, men would have assumed their right to their conjugal uh, duties Consent on the part wouldn't of the wife. Consent would not have been there. So Joyce <laughs> is an early exemplar of a man who actually takes the hint and realises that his wife is in distress and his, his job is to take her hand and listen to her story. And she eventually falls asleep crying on the bed. And it ends with that magnificent section with Gabriel looking out the yeah. window and imagining snow being general all over Ireland and falling on the living and the dead on the grave of Michael Fury and the great centre plane uh, and all of that. It's a magnificent story. And I, I would recommend to people that they should read it aloud yeah. If you have a group of women or a group of anybody uh, gathered around, you read the story aloud on the 6th of January. It's such a treat. It is such a treat. Um, and I actually got a chance to do it uh, last year where we all read um, excerpts from it. The Do you think that he chose January 6th deliberately to to write a short story that is about women? Was there a consciousness of that, do you think? He certainly, we know that he had a consciousness that Nalik Naman was that day because he knew everything. Joyce was a complete polyglot. He picked up stuff from all over mm. the place. 
and uh, he, he knew all about Irish traditions and was very interested in them. He was also interested in the big wind of 1839, which took place on the 6th of January. As well. And there are references okay. to that in, scattered yeah. through the story. But the fact that, that there are so many women in the story and that Greta plays such a central part indicates to us that he was aware of that connection and wanted to do it. Obviously, he chose the date because his aunts gave their party on the Feast of the Epiphany, which was a traditional thing in Dublin. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely knew about it. Yeah. So what do you think then, just finally, of the, the, the future then of... of of Nolignamon, you know, or do you think it is, 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 go- or do you welcome this sort of a burst, even if it is uh, at risk potentially of, of a corporate takeover? I think women will always do things for themselves. Sisters are doing it for themselves now. Uh, feminism in my lifetime has been the single greatest achievement when you look at where women have come from and to. When I was a child, we used to go to my grandmother's house in County Clare on the banks of the Shannon for Christmas when I was very small in the mid-50s. And that was medieval Europe. My grandmother had to cook over an open fire. She had to pot roast her goose over an open fire for Christmas dinner. She had no running water. One of my jobs was to go and get water from the well about half a mile up the road. And I still remember the weight of that bucket of water carrying it down the the boreen. As my Aunt Mary used to say to American visitors who asked where the washroom might be, there's acres (laughs) of toilet. Take your pick. So this is how people lived for hundreds and hundreds of years. And And it's also how many women still live today. We should remember that. Maybe one of our our urgent tasks for Nalignamon in the future is to help our sisters in other countries who are being oppressed. And, and that would be an incredible legacy of a very Irish tradition. Uh, Katrina Crow, as always, thank you very, very much for joining us. It's just gone and we're going to pause for the Angelus.